Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex. And 1986 was a very powerful year in movies. It had Big Trouble in Little China, it had Never Too Young to Die, and apparently it had a little movie called The Wraith, which has been mentioned on this podcast before, and we finally got down to watch it as a group, and as usual, it was another banger. We, we chose a good one. You know, sometimes when you watch a piece of hot trash like It Chapter 2, you need to sit down with a movie that's under four hours and like has likable characters and a plot that... <laughs> I was going to say, are we calling them characters? Yes, I was going to say people acting like you expect them to act, but that's not accurate. I would rather watch Clint Howard do whatever Clint (laughs) Howard is doing in this movie. (laughs) Who would win in a fight, the Wraith or it? Do you think the Wraith can post? Because he doesn't say anything. Oh man! I mean, he is a spooky ghost. I don't know how you kill him. That's a good point. Okay, so uh, before we go any further, Parker, do you have any news? I have heartbreaking news, you guys. Oh, no. It is with a heavy heart that I must announce that Nick Carter has filed a restraining order against his brother Aaron Carter. Oh, no! Oh. <laughs> you absolutely hate to see it. No way Nick's going to the party now. <sighs> the party of the I month? Mean... <laughs> no, no, party of the year. The party of the year! <laughs> <clears throat> Fucking Gaijin. (laughs) (laughs) After careful consideration, my sister Angel and I regret that we were required to seek a restraining order against our brother Aaron today. In light of Aaron's increasingly alarming behavior and his recent confession that he harbors thoughts and intentions of killing my pregnant wife and unborn child, we were left with no choice but to take every measure possible to protect ourselves and our family. Aaron. Oh, Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> what are we going to do with you man remember that time there was some like magazine article about why aaron carter was voting for trump no <laughs> did you not see that no i did not see that that seems oh, like buddy. something that i read and just seemed like well i must be having a fucking wide awake dream and then put yeah. it in the back of my mind uh i will never forget this was a couple years ago at this point probably like 2015 ish mm-hmm. like i uh i I don't know how this happened. Like, within a month, I was out with three different groups of people, and all of them had, like, you know, friends of friends around that, like, I hadn't met before. And I swear to God, three different girls who had never met each other all told me an almost identical story about how Aaron Carter tried to sexually harass them after a concert. <laughs> Jesus like, with Within, like, a month and a half. I, I still, I can't believe it's real, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the weirdest like, part Yeah, of we that... were just in Ocean City and Aaron Carter was playing for like 15 bucks. And then after the show, he just kept following us around trying to buy us drinks. Ew. Yeah, sounds a real pretty, cool guy, apparently. Pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta say, the weirdest part about that restraining order public release is our sister, Angel. Yeah, man. To be the lesser known Carter. 
hate to see it. Yeah. It's a real Cooper Manning situation there. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the other piece of news, if you don't hear from me ever again, the cheese stuffed cheese at Pizza at Pizza Hut might might kill me. Right, we'll no see. free advertising. What about the Cobra <laughs> TV series? You guys hear about that? Uh, don't tempt me with something until it's real. I'm not falling for this yeah. trick. Yeah. Don't I won't have my heart broken. Yeah. I don't know. It, it looks better than the Rambo Last Blood. Which yeah, has... I'm going up. Sorry. <laughs> no, apparently, the, <laughs> the other Alex had not heard of it until today. <laughs> Lucky her. I don't know how you avoid that many advertisements for that movie because that has been Every all over the place. Fucking movie I saw for three months. <laughs> that's an Academy Award winner. All right. Let's. I don't uh, know who that's for, but I know it's not me. I, I could harbor a guess. <laughs> Might be right. someone very close to someone in this call. <laughs> Oh no! Ah <laughs> uh, yes, and then John Rambo studies igneous rocks. <laughs> hey son, uh, he's a lot of good messages about MS thirteen. Isn't that that show you like with the talking robots? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move on to jerks of the week. Do you guys have any jerks of the week? Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Yeah, we'll get Way to it. I. <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're holding on to yours. Yeah. You want me to go now? Yeah, go ahead. Alex, you go ahead. Now, I had I had a lot of options for a jerk of the week this week. I thought about making it Beto O'Rourke for not saying the fuck word during the debate, <laughs> now that he's patented it. I thought about making myself my jerk of the week for washing the same load of laundry four different times because I kept forgetting to put it in the dryer. <laughs> I thought about making Red Herring my jerk of the week for that one time that he actually did it. No, Didn't I think he it, did. <laughs> <laughs> But eventually I settled on a real jerk of the week. My jerk of the week is Jets backup quarterback Trevor Simeon. Now, (laughs) I know the NFL is a cutthroat league, and people need to do whatever they can to get to the top because that's where all the money's at. But for this fucking guy to give the starting quarterback monkey nucleosis, (laughs) to take his job, how dare you, Trevor Simeon? How dare you and your monkey germs do this to Sam Darnold? The absolute nerve. The ESPN 30 for 30 of Trevor Simeon just kissing him on the lips. (laughs) ESPN 30 for 30 presents Dial M for Monkey. (laughs) Go get him, Tiger. Okay, uh... My jerk of the week is uh, a Parker Claire. I don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, this Joker, but uh, you have a I lot of nerve. I, Joker. Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> he played trick. a mean trick on me. I requested that he make a theme song for Game of Games, and he decided. Oh shit! Uh, oh, you sent that when I was very drunk. Yeah, I should have remembered. <laughs> so the previous which, episode that we, we uploaded, I just put a bunch of the Autumn Thunder uh, music underneath it, which actually worked out really well. It somehow synced up like really nice. So. Oh, yeah, Maybe I was... we could just fuck it. We'll do it live. So yeah, we could just do I was, I was up there. <laughs> yeah. I was not home, and I mean, I thought about recording it on the spot, but <laughs> just in the bar, yeah, it would not have gone well. <laughs> All right, uh... never really quite have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. <laughs> um, I, I've got a couple here. The first one is, uh, it's called The City of the Dead. 
and it has Christopher Lee and a bunch of other people in it, but mostly Christopher Lee, who's really good in it. Thousand Dead. <laughs> the thing, the thing about this movie that I really like is it's it's on that list of horror movies that Parker and I are slowly worming our you way. Say through. list. Yeah, and every once in a while, it's like I, I'm watching more of the old school, like black and white movies, and Parker's watching the really? good ones. And uh, every nope. once in a while, I come across some of these. I'm just like, boy, this wouldn't interest Parker at all. But this one's good. Uh, the City of the Dead works really, really well. Uh, it reminds me of The Witch in a lot of ways. Uh, and Christopher Lee is fantastic, just giving an absolutely lights out performance. It's kind of nice. Like, every once in a while, you see someone's like, oh, I know this person's a really good actor, and they're just so much better than everyone else on screen. And this is way before he did anything that he was really well known for, you know? Um, I, I highly recommend The City of the Dead. I think it is, uh, it's a lot of fun, specifically for Parker. Um, then I watched a movie that I didn't like very much. It's called The Monster Squad. Same. Uh, Alex, have you heard of The Monster Squad? I mean, probably in passing, but I don't know a thing about it. Yeah, okay, so it's the Goonies, but they have a bunch of horror monsters. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> hey, Alex, awful. are you a child in the early 80s? Mercifully, no. Oh, cool, then you'll hate it. Yeah. Much that's as the, I did. That's the thing is, like, every single person I've ever heard talk about this way, besides Parker, has said that they love it, it's a childhood classic, everyone's got to see it, I'm like... Okay, I'm in. Apparently, the guy who played Dracula gave one of the most memorable performances as Dracula. Disagree. <laughs> Give me Bela Lugosi. Give me I, I don't Mike remember it. So exactly, I don't even know that guy's name. Uh, it's there are some interesting things going on here. I'm not going to say it's worthless. Uh, I I like the idea of these kids. They have a horror club, and a bunch of monsters come to their town, and they have to defeat the monsters. There's just a lot of stuff in here that it might have flown back in the '80s. It doesn't fly today. They say they say a lot of homo homophobic epithets at the beginning of the movie, and on the one hand, I'm like, well, it's realistic. That's how kids in the '80s talked back then. But uh, they sure are getting like what people that still watch horror movies it's, do. Yeah, it's, it's just doesn't quite hold I, up. Not no. on Mike. One <laughs> of one of the kids is uh, he has a shotgun at the end. I'm just like, oh, maybe kids shouldn't have a gun, you know. Uh, Dracula calls that little girl a bitch to her face. Uh, Cranked. Uh, she probably deserves. I think one of my favorite characters, though, one of the things about the movie is they made people buy their stereotype. One of the, the fat kid's name is uh -oh. Fat Kid, <laughs> and there's also a character called Creepy German Guy. No, sorry, Scary German Guy. Oh, who present? <laughs> Parker, remember the scene with a pie? That was so funny. It's your last chance for pie. <laughs> I have forgotten that entire movie. Oh, do you remember the little twist nope. about Scary German Guy? <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> so at one point, that's all the are... people he killed in the war. Yeah. fucking Holocaust tattoo. Yeah, thanks, eighties. No, like okay. Bridget. So the way that the way the scene goes is like he he has to help them translate uh, Van Helsing's diary because it's in German, I guess. And uh, they leave his place, and they're like, "Wow, thanks, scary German guy." Which they actually say his name like that. You sure know a lot about monsters. He's like, you know what? I guess I do. And he closes the door, and it zooms in on his wrist, and he's got a Holocaust tattoo right there. Thank you so much, movie. Are you sure this movie point? isn't good? Who is this <laughs> just, for? Oh, just, make it feel my favorite monsters. Oh, cool. Human atrocity. <laughs> There's also, like, a virgin sacrifice thing. Not even a virgin sacrifice, just, like, a virgin. that I, Which is kind of played sort of funny. They go up to this guy. Hey, dude, got any questions? 
do you know any virgins? And he spits out his Pepsi all over the place. I thought that was kind of funny. And then at one point she said, uh, she's like, well, like, hey, wait, I thought you were a virgin. And then uh, she says, yeah, but except for Steve, but he doesn't count. So rest in peace, Steve. Classic Steve movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm not really into the Monster <coughs> Squad. I, it's, it's not for me. And Parker, you really put it best. It's like, if you didn't grow up with it as like a kid, you're probably not going to like it now. I mean, no, unless you're really into like that sort of that retro '80s idea, but at that point, you're just you're, you're infantilizing yourself. I, I really think that, so well, I do not recommend the monster. That's Star. never stopped me it's, before. It's hard. It's hard to describe a movie in a less compelling way than it's like The Goonies, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is, is a movie like, I will never understand. That's the thing. It's like it's weird. I actually really like The Goonies, and I didn't grow up with it. I don't know how to explain that. I'm actually I really into it. Could not yeah. finish it. Checks out. So I, I, many. Children yeah. screaming nonstop. Shut the fuck up. It's fine. I don't even. Oh well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, but guys, it's funny because he's fat and he does a dance. He does it like once. I don't know. I yeah, I, but it's, I, yeah, I, it's I hilarious. I was into it. I like a good adventure movie every once in a while. Um, I'm not going to rewatch it. Next movie I watched is another one I was disappointed by. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which is also my porn name. Uh, this Got movie. Him is written by Thomas Cameron Mitchell, directed by Thomas Cameron Mitchell, starring Thomas Cameron Mitchell, based on a stage play by Thomas Cameron Mitchell. So, personal project. Um, he plays... Uh, do you, are you guys familiar with Hedwig and the Angry Inch? Do I have to explain it? Uh, uh, yeah, it's Harry Potter's Owl. I yeah. knew it. <laughs> well, I, it's whoever gets there fastest. So yeah. Next time you can steal the bacon. Uh, so, I, I guess everyone knows the story, which is kind of asinine, but it was playing at the Alamo, and I decided not to go. I just watched it at home, because I didn't want to be with those uh, people. Do not support content providers. No, <laughs> not this one. Uh, I just, I don't know, there's like, I think they were going to make it like a sing-along, and I don't really like sing-alongs in movies. I, we are not professional singers. Let's get them to do it. They're being paid to sing. And that's actually my first problem with the movie, is the music's not very good and i'm usually i'm usually susceptible to this rock operas i've got a tiny minuscule brain i should be into this the music's just not very catchy or interesting the lyrics aren't that cool i think the first song sort of makes it sound like they're saying that the berlin wall was good uh, <laughs> which is quite a take uh and here's, here's the other thing about it, is the movie does make some powerful statements about identity and what it means to express yourself and how identity can be stolen and reformed and all these other things. And I appreciate that message. But Thomas Cameron Mitchell is, he's just sort of strutting around. And there are scenes, especially towards the beginning of the movie, where he's performing. And funny scenes, at least the way that they're set up. He's got his band and he's, you know, playing a transvestite and he's... He's dancing around to all these people who are very clearly annoyed by him, and they're not even doing the thing where it's just like, I don't want one of them in this here town, <clears throat> sort of thing. Parker, your uncles. He, they're just kind of like looking around there. like, I really just want to eat my eggs, Benedict. All I want to do is eat this, like, eat my breakfast and not be, like, annoyed by this guy strutting around and thrusting his, his crotch in my face. But he does it anyway. So, basically, Parker... Put it the way you can understand. I really think that Thomas Cameron Mitchell should just play the songs. Just shut up. Just play the songs. You know, I liked music before it was all political. <laughs> the entire time I was watching, I couldn't stop thinking about that Bill Burr sketch on Terrell Owens. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> just play your music. <laughs> 
complaining all the time. Like, oh, fuck. All right. Just, like, looking around, clans members are high-fiving in the background. Sir, why are you at this transgender rock show? <laughs> Cheer for the artistry. All right. Sick. It's, uh... I, I, I'm not saying I, I don't give Hedwig and the Angry Inch a recommendation. I I think it's all right. It, it just wasn't for me. Uh, I'd say it's a better movie than The Monster Squad, though. Uh, next one I watched is near and dear to my heart. Parker, I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's The, the Toxic Avenger. It's actually... I, it's, it's hard to describe this. Uh, everyone knows the story. There's a 98-pound weakling. He's working as a Present. janitor at a health club spa gym fitness thing. And the bullies uh, accidentally shove him in toxic waste, and he becomes the Toxic Avenger. And he kills the bad people with a mop. Do you have a I, joke? I, no. Sorry. No, I just laugh whenever bullies do anything to anybody. Yeah, well, this is, this is one of the most over-the-top movies I've, I've ever seen. Now, every single person I've, I've heard who praises this movie says, Oh, yay, it's one of the best so-bad-it's-good movies. I really just don't like that label applied to this movie. For me, so bad it's good applies to, like, fucking The Room. That's, like, a really good example of so bad it's good. This movie, I don't know that I can call this bad at all because every single decision you can tell was made intentionally. They went out for this to to be the way that it is. That's why I don't think that, like, Batman and Robin works as a good-bad movie because it's like, they knew what they were doing. They're doing this on purpose. Uh... Toxic Avenger is, I, I would say, a not just a good movie. It, this is very good. I think you'll be extremely entertained. Parker, this is unquestionably in your near future. I don't know a whole lot about Troma Entertainment. I don't know a lot about Lloyd Kaufman. But I, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I don't think I want to see the sequels, but there's so much that works in here. The, the character performance of Bozo. Oh my goodness. Also, the voice of... Toxie, the Toxic Avenger, who is never called Toxie or the Toxic Avenger in this movie, is one of the funniest voices I have ever heard in my life. Now, I'm just going to give you a fair warning, uh, specifically Parker, who, again, will be watching this very shortly. This movie, when I say it's over the top, they go over the top in as many ways as possible. Lloyd Kaufman, I think this might have been a deathbed movie for him. I think he was just like, look, if I only get one chance of making a movie, I'm going to do it like this. Kind of like your your theory on uh, Rob Zombie movies. He went and did as much as he possibly could. There are some very violent kills in this movie. Uh, and yes. when I say that, I mean, it's not just the fact that they're violent, it's who and what they kill and uh some decisions are made and the music oh my god parker you are going to have a ball with this i'm so excited and the last thing we i watched not naming our go-kart the toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe we named our go-kart the toxic avenger <laughs> uh two more things here uh i rewatched never too young to die just a couple hours ago with the other <laughs> alex uh i made it a secret i didn't want her to like look it up beforehand because the first thing you're, you're going to see is Gene Simmons in that makeup and outfit. It's just like, oh, it's spoiling the fun. Uh, 30 minutes into the movie, uh, she asked me, is that really Gene Simmons? I told her yes. <laughs> and she came up with a theory. She was just like, boy, wouldn't this movie be like even better if it was Divine instead of Gene Simmons? And I disagree. I think that the movie is perfect the way that it is. But she was just like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hear me out. What if Gene Simmons is still in it, but Divine is also in it? And, and one of them plays the role that Vanity plays. 
Okay. Which, yeah. That's... You got me back. Yeah, exactly. You were losing me? <laughs> uh, we, we had a good time. I don't think she liked it quite as much as I did, but... I, I have a feeling that's going to be nestled deep within her uh, her cortex. She's going to think about it and be like, I should probably rewatch that. So Think about John Stamos eating those apples while Divine just <laughs> rides in that swimsuit. Oh my god. Also, that scene where Carruthers rips off his face and screams, I'm Ragnar! Um... <laughs> 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 uh, and you have my I... son and his girlfriend, Divine, look to camera. Oh my left. god, that's the other thing. It's You're like going to kill him. Some some performances stick out. The one that sticks out the most to me is George Lazenby, who He's so I keep cool. forgetting how little he tried in this. He just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he puts Surprise! Do you have my son? <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> oh, you want the disc? Oh, it's it's. I actually have it right here. It's a uh, no left breast pocket. Uh, what's that sound? Oh, that's his car running. Yeah, doors open. As soon as he call cuts, he's fucking out of here. He wore his Thanks own for the check. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. He... <laughs> what a good movie. I can't wait till that finally comes in on Blu-ray. I had to email Shout Factory, being like, "Where is it?" Um, in the next one I watch, I want to give a special credit to uh, to Josh Brody, who whenever he recommends me a movie, no, 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 actually, this is an ironic praise. This one, he he was right. He uh, it's not even a movie; it's actually a TV show. Uh, it's the show called Police Squad. Now, I don't normally watch TV, but when I looked up, it was only six episodes long and only twenty four minutes an episode. I'm like, that's like an afternoon right there. I can knock that out. This might be one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. I was laughing so hard. Josh knows my type of humor, and this one nailed it for both me and for him. There's a lot of intricate wordplay. Uh, I can't believe it got canceled. It's so funny. I, I highly recommend it to everyone. Apparently it led to the, the Naked Gun series, which I have not seen. And I'm interested in seeing it now because this was so, so funny. Oh, so yeah. I, you should see Naked Gun. I really oh, should. Yeah. I'm surprised you have wait okay the only thing i've seen of police squad is the ending credits which are incredible those are good too the opening credits are are great i would i would recommend the naked gun uh or not the naked i'd recommend police squad they have a joke of the i think the first episode about barbara walters that cracked me up it's just like both uh, the fact that she once asked someone if it was hard to love and then she asked another person if you could be a kind of tree what kind of tree would you be i just I was laughing so hard. Also, some of the side characters that they have. The guy who shines shoes is hilarious. The the scientist. Oh my god. <laughs> Make sure you come Man, back I, next week. I'll show you ten fun things you can do with a carrot. I've heard a million times I should watch it. Had I known it was only six episodes, I probably would have by now. I would I would highly recommend what it. What a crank. I, I am not kidding. That, that is unquestionably one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my if life. If I ever it's... took the five seconds just a wiki when I got told, I would have watched it by now. That's yeah. annoying. So I'm like, I don't want to watch like 30 episodes of some old shit. Let me compare it. it to you like this. Six episodes of 24 minutes of pop It's basically Gunbuster. Also, basically Neo Yokio, so which I've never seen. So, all right, next I, week's episode, I will be watching Neo Yokio again later. This I, I week. really should do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that's it for me, Alex. Uh, you got anything? Um, I realized I, 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 I've been kind of under the weather, so I haven't been watching a lot. But I did rewatch something that I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, man, Doctor Horrible kind of holds up. What? What is? What is? I Dr. don't think Horrible? I ever watched that. Really. 
It's like the people it, I saw telling me how good it was were not people that, whose opinions. Alex, that is That's very, fair. very yeah. true. Every single recommendation I've heard for it's called Doctor Horrible Singalong Blogger or something. Yeah, it was basically the the premise is like Joss Joss Whedon during the writers' strike did this musical with NPH and Nathan Fillion, and it's like fifty minutes long, and it's actually really, really good. Okay. Like, All right. You're the first. Uh, you're the first noteworthy person to recommend it to me. Every single other person who's recommended it to me has been like a Rick and Morty fan. Well, I mean, I never yeah, recommended like, it. It's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's completely understandable that like those people would like it, but those people have also been up Joss Whedon's asshole for about twenty years. So like that paid off. They didn't have a choice as somebody with agency who chose to watch this. Like, yeah, it's good. Oh. It's actually really good. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you very much. Um, Parker, you can go ahead and go now because again, I was. You know what? You know what sucks? Trying to watch a movie in bed when like your pillows aren't propped high enough up, and you have to keep lifting your head up a tiny bit, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, I have a headache," and then just laying back down. Yep. Big. Yeah, mood. that's why I didn't get through anything. I'm this week. sorry. Big I hope mood. you feel better, man. We're getting there, boys. Yeah. Road to recovery starts now. <laughs> so here's the thing, Chris. Cartoons are supposed to be for kids. <laughs> But this one had boobs and swears in it. What the H? You're my jerk of the week for the longest 75 minutes of my fucking life. The most interminable fucking movie I've... It's week one. And it's worse than anything you either of you gave me last year. Wait, like, this is worse than Saving Christmas? I mean, Saving Christmas, the horror on my face as that movie ended with that Christmas rap, and then learning that that director like did all of the Blink-182 videos, and then Kurt Cameron movies. This is just truly... It's an endurance test, isn't it? Like, the intro is like, alright, that's... I'm not laughing, but it's kind of clever, I guess. And then a minute after that, it's like, oh fuck, I want to turn this off so badly. Because you realize that's going to be the entire thing. And then it just keeps happening. I'm talking, of course, friends listening, about the haunted world of El Superbisto, directed by one Bobbert Zombie. <laughs> I can't believe for a it, second, I'm still sticking by my theory, that he never actually directed it. He never actually... There is no chance he's ever seen this. <laughs> he just liked the idea of it. If you asked about it, he'd be like, What? Oh yeah, that webcomic I did, and then that would be the end of it. He has no idea this exists. Parker, and I wish I didn't, Chris. <laughs> Parker, could you tell me about the decision to use Chris Hardwick songs instead of Rob Zombie songs? Whole lot of them! <laughs> Do you it's like Rob songs Zombie in guy. movies? <laughs> He's known for music. What if we got hard and firm? You get it? It's like dicks. Hey, <laughs> this movie. It's just tit jokes for 75 endless minutes. <laughs> Who gives the worst performance? I'll give you the answer. Sherry Moon Zombie, who cannot act. Oh, I mean, Sherry Moon Zombie. Honestly, shouldn't was... she shouldn't she be in like the culture Z guys as a worse person than Yoko Ono? You say that, but also, what was Rosario Dawson doing, and why was I so offended by the curtain? <laughs> that was one of the most offensive things <laughs> I've ever seen. I would imitate it, but with my accent. <laughs> That'd be a wrap on any of us ever having a career, ever. Because it's holy shit. R Rosario, Rosario Dawson is. Hang on a second. Black. 
And she plays a character who's white. Her character's name is Velvet Von Black. Oh, God, I wish I didn't remember that. And <laughs> wow, you Googled that real fast, Chris. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up. Any relation to one Velvet Von Ragnar? <laughs> I wish, dude. I fucking wish. That's the thing about this movie is... Uh, Parker, I'm not trying to steal your thunder or anything, but like all the jokes that are in it i can't see this appealing to anyone like i i don't understand how like like an example i don't understand steven universe fans but even watching like three of those episodes i understand okay that's their kind of humor. oh yeah not, i did do that didn't i yeah you're real nice <laughs> people don't forget anyway i, I was I, thinking I, of doing that again that sucks that i already did yeah. it <laughs> you could just assign three more please don't uh it's it's, it's just so I, I don't again i don't know who this movie is for besides perverts it's someone who watched the fucking red and stimpy adult party cartoon and went boy i wish this was four times longer it sucks so fucking bad like i watched this either yesterday or the day before i've had time to sit with it i still have not found the words i have it's been a long time since i've hated a movie watching experience more and it's 75 that's nothing yeah the thing about the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon show is that it was animated by Spumco, and Spumco is a really good animation studio, so even though there's a whole lot of fucking tits, is like, there's some really interesting animation. It's really unique. You're never going to see anything like it again. Whereas this, I <laughs> I don't know what they're trying, I think they're trying to ape Spumco, they're just doing such a bad job. Speaking of apes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Same apes. Oh my god. I- <laughs> I, literally every note I took is just like at the beginning I good ideas like I'm gonna write down like all the offensive shit and just keep nailing home like but you can't do that in a cartoon by minute three I was so fucking done and every note I have is just fuck this I can't do this it's such I'm a just gonna read thing. the summary and say I watched it he'll never know like I was oh I hated it it's, it's one of those things where A there's no way you could ever watch this in a movie theater and B you could never watch this with another human being I watch it in a separate room with headphones on. Yeah, yeah. You I would rather get caught person. with my dick in my hand watching literally anything yeah. than getting caught watching this movie. I, I still Because it... originally we were like sitting next to each other on the bed and I had it on my laptop. And she kept looking over to talk to me. I would like move it slightly. She's like, <laughs> what are you hiding? I'm like, what? Uh, I'm not... Who's hiding? I'm like, oh, I'm jacking off to <laughs> anything, really. It's fine. <laughs> I, I still think it's the second worst animated movie ever made, just behind uh, Food Fight. I would so much rather watch Food Fight. <laughs> Food Fight's this another is, endurance test. This fucking secondhand embarrassment of like, the tits don't go away. It's just nothing but cartoon tits and pussy jokes for 75 minutes. But also some really funny songs with jokes. Yeah, and she punches a Nazi who's just doing the Doctor Frank. Uh, what's the what's the they call him Doctor Frankenfurter on? Uh, no, Doctor Scratch and Sniff voice. Uh, Rob Paulson's doing his Doctor Scratch and Sniff voice as a Nazi. Did you like all the horror cameos? This fucking gay master Anthony Barcy. Oh my god, dude! I wanted to die. <laughs> oh my! It's god, fun dude. just seeing like a random Mexican show. I'm like, oh, let me guess, and then you hear Danny Trejo's voice, and I just snap my <laughs> laptop in half. <laughs> and if that's not enough, we actually uh, it's, it actually starts Uma Thurman in the title role because <laughs> the entire time, hey boys, I'm going to go punch that zombie's dick off. 
Ugh, shove a finger in my ass. Yeah, I got it. How in the You're world sexually promiscuous did he get a career he's a doing that voice? I fucking... And Rob Zombie was involved with this? I just I, don't believe you. I'm sure he got a lovely paycheck. <laughs> They're just like, look, can we put your name on this? Can we put your name on director? Yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna stop the show dead. I need to see when this came out, because... Wasn't it 2006, 2007? No, not actor. I don't want director. El Super Bisto. Yeah, it came out the same year as Halloween 2. I'm pretty sure he was busy (laughs) making a huge studio horror sequel. He probably didn't oversee the fucking animatics. (laughs) Hey, uh, can you have Bill Mosley walk in and give three lines? Yeah, sure, whatever. We're not using him in this scene. Like, what? I hate this. I hate this so fucking much, dude. <laughs> 5.9 out of 10. If, this is not a challenge, but I will be shocked if I hate something this much. <laughs> Again, that's not a challenge. <laughs> no, I, I, I just knew that you had to see this. Because, like, there's so many things on, like, the bottom 250. Like, yeah, I'm sure Paul Blart 2 sucks, but, like... There's nothing worse than just an aggressively like, look how fucking raunchy this is. You can't get, dude, you couldn't get away with this on television. And that's it. That's the entire thing. It's good to know that you felt during this how I felt while watching Polar. I mean, I too. Why would you bring that movie up in this vulnerable state I'm in? (laughs) Yeah, and then they shoot the big old fat guy and he farts and she gets her tits out. Isn't that hilarious? Boy. Do I have a movie for you? I have another movie for you. 1933. Prohibition. Bootleggers. (laughs) Rum runners. Scofflaws. Average citizens break the law. Live in the shadows. People are not who they seem. Cut to Ice-T playing a trumpet. I am, of course, referring to the film Blood Runners. (laughs) Boy, is it a film. (laughs) Alex, I have one question to ask you. Yes. The dude playing, like, his Renfield. What Uh movie is that guy in? Because it's not this one. (laughs) He's doing a lot of performing, and everyone else is just, like, clearly some dude that's just in a local theater. Then you have this guy just giving this performance the entire movie. It's a lot, and I appreciate it. It's something. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that Ice-T has three scenes and in all of them he's just doing his player haters ball voice <laughs> <laughs> now, the entire movie it's I mean it's nearly unwatchable as you would expect it to be until you get to the ending in which Ice-T transforms into a rubber mask that's how I'll describe it and then just morphs into a bunch of bats and then the man uses a rosary like nunchucks to whip the bats out of the air. And then the sun comes up in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie sucks so much. There's nary a vampire for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's 40 minutes of just 1930s. Ah, we gotta shake down this local speakeasy and get our cut. And then a vampire shows up. <laughs> sucks so much ass. But those rubber bats are the funniest. The movie's climax is just a bunch of rubber bats on the ground with smoke coming out of them. 
It's so good. Movies are truly magical, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 95 minutes just for that payoff. <laughs> That's all there is to say about that. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. So, look, John Wick 3 might have some issues, but a friend that I got quite inebriated and put it on that is an a plus drunk movie like because right from the get-go i because i was remembering like the whole prolonged scene of them just throwing knives at each other i forgot that movie just opens with him murdering boba <laughs> with a book <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's got some issues it gets a little up its own ass but also really really good while drunk still absolutely worth a rewatch i don't know where i'd rank it in the three but because I, I kind of softened out after watch. I was like, yeah, that didn't really work. But going in, a little tipsy. A lot of taco bueno in my tummy. Oh, man. A plus thing. So here's what happened after that. So we have a habit. And we like to, you know, drink, watch movies. But we like to talk during if we haven't seen them. So, you know, if we, something comes up, we'll pause it. Talk a little bit. And then go through it again. What I'm trying to say is... After about three hours, we were 20 minutes into Minute Black International, and then we turned it off. <laughs> that movie is just... We'd get through two scenes and just pause and go, yeah, so another thing, and just... It's such a nothing. Like, there was... It wasn't offensively bad, or... It's just... It was just there. And we were always like, you know, if we don't return this now, you're gonna have to eat another day rental on it. Let's just Let's just go. Fuck this movie. So maybe it gets better, but I will never find out. Because, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of movies out there I haven't seen. I'm good. For the first time in like five years, I rewatched the original Evil Dead. Hey. Y'all. I had forgotten how quickly everything goes tits up in that movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, and then we get to the end and everything goes crazy. Nope. Like 30 minutes in, everything is just absolutely beyond fucked. It is... I don't know if I like it more than two, but it is such a... Just a beautiful piece of... This probably shouldn't exist. Like, this should not have come together. It's an against-a-lot sort of movie. You can see every trick that was used, but also that's incredibly endearing. It's the kind of movie that you watch and go like, Well, I could do this. I could... I could get some friends and throw a bunch of fake blood on them. I could get some Play-Doh and make a giant monster face. Like, yeah, I it's like almost that inspiring it. in a way. Like, movie fucking rules, as it turns out. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good, and I think it holds up really well. It's, I think it's like my all-time favorite, like very clearly low-budget movie because you can see how much effort everyone's putting in there. Oh yeah. It and, to me, I, I think <clears throat> I mentioned this to you, Parker. Is just one of the reasons that like. This is a odd comparison to make, but bear with me. One of the reasons that, like, the original Half-Life is my favorite game is that I can kind of feel, like, the programmers, like, writing all the code as I go from room to room. It's like, oh, they did this to do, like, this. When I watch Evil Dead 1, I'm, I can, like, I can feel where everyone is behind the camera. I can feel what Ash was told to say before the scene starts. I can feel what Sam Raimi was, like, thinking in his head when he was like, I'm going to do this here, do this here. And it's just fun to watch. And I Honestly, I, I think The Evil Dead might be my favorite film trilogy. Like, just knowing that for those POV shots, like, this fucking, like, 19-year-old had to nail a bunch of wood together, shove a camera in there, put it on his bike, 
and just pedal away like an asshole to get that shot. It, knowing that retroactively just makes that scene better for me. The other one is, I think it's, I think it's at the climax where uh, Sam Raimi was literally bending over backwards to get the shot. You know, he's hanging from the rafters to go down onto onto Ash's head. It's incredible. That's a movie I could watch making of specials of forever. That's, yeah, I could watch oh, hours and hours of that. That was one of the first uh, Blu-rays I got where the first thing I did is I, I'd already seen it. I was like, I will watch the making of. And there's so many making ofs. There's so many. Uh, unfortunately, there's so many different releases of Evil Dead 1 and 2 and Army of Darkness. God almighty. But they're all really, really good for the making of specials. And you, you can hear like the original cast talk about them and they don't understand the appeal of the Evil Dead. Uh, but they admit all the hard work <laughs> that they put into it. <laughs> So I normally don't talk about the disposable slashers I watch, but this one I want to bring up briefly. It's called Intruder, and the whole premise is these people work at a grocery store. They're there overnight. Someone breaks in and starts murking them. But what got me to, to watch it, someone recommended it, is... So this is the first movie done by K&B, which is like Greg Nicotero, Berger, and Kurtzman, who all worked on Evil Dead 2 together. Mm -hmm. Like, this was the first movie oh, yeah. they did. But Sam Raimi produced this. Him, Ted, and Bruce Campbell all show up for a cup of coffee. Nice. So it's like this standard like 80s slasher. They're all the same. And then the kills happen. And there's like two or three of some of the most grotesque prosthetic kills I've seen in a long time. Someone gets their face just brutally smashed in a cardboard baler. It's... It's really good. That's a <laughs> like, really, really like good makeup company. 40, 40 minutes in, I'm like... I don't understand. I always feel like I get recommended these slashers and never do anything for me. And then they start happening. I'm like, okay, this is yeah, this is pretty good. If you have any interest <laughs> in an 80s slasher, no one ever talks about Intruder. You should check it out. Yeah, Ted Raimi dies spectacularly. It's always the mark of a good movie. That's God. Just the second you see his face, you just kind of sit up in your chair like, oh, he's fucked. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex. Have you seen a movie called Hunting Grounds? I believe I have. Cause I'm I, sure it's the one I'm thinking of. Go well, ahead. you might know it by a different title. But we'll get there. Because I watched this right before we recorded. It's a beautiful story. About a father and then a son. Oh, I've seen this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw this. <laughs> they lose their house and they have to go out and live in a cabin. And they're just, you know, out on their luck. No money. I'm sorry, this also says it's called Valley of the Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, since you've seen it, here's my question. If that's what your Bigfoot mask is going to look like, why make a Bigfoot movie? <laughs> it's it's uh, not good, folks. But also, so, there's an app called Tubi.tv, T-U-B-I. Yeah. There is so much horror on there. And it's not just like Amazon Prime where 99% of it's just dog shit made for $100. Like, there's real movies in there. But also, I skipped all of them because it was a Bigfoot movie I haven't seen before. But there have been heavy returns so far. That app is... This is a Bigfoot movie that is also on Prime Video, by the way. Well, I, I, I wasn't using that app at the time. But let me get to the main course here. A movie I was not aware of from 2005 called Cursed. So I'm scrolling through Hulu, as I do, and I see a werewolf movie built from the <laughs> minds 
of Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson from Scream. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Wes Craven presents. No, no, no. Written by Kevin Williamson. Directed by Wes Craven. So, of course, I go to Wikipedia. And up in the fucking introduction, before you get to anything, it's like, hey, this movie came out here starring this and this and this. Originally planned for 2003. Please note I said 2005. The film is a no- notable example of development hell, taking over two more years to be made than originally planned, during which producers Bob and Harvey Weinstein kept asking for reshoots and changes to the plot, re-edited the movie to give it a PG-13 rather than the original R, and fired legendary makeup artist Rick Baker and replaced the werewolves with computer-generated ones. <laughs> Here's a little preview. Not the correct call, because it's some of the worst CGI I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Are either of you familiar with this? God, I no, sure no, am. I'm not. <laughs> Chris, let me sit you down. Alright. Werewolf movie, 2005. Movie starts. First thing you see, Bowling for Soup performing a song about Red Riding Hood and a Big Bad Wolf. Okay, I'm sitting up Just straightening my tie. drink that in. 2000. <laughs> Just the first thing you see is their super obese guitar player. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm in. Shannon Elizabeth and her friend go visit a psychic played by, you know, everyone's favorite Romani gypsy actress. The sister from Arrested Development. <laughs> She's like, I see blood. And they're like, oh, fuck this. We're out of here. And then imagine my surprise when I meet our male lead character. A 2003, because they filmed it so early. 2003, Jesse Eisenberg. Yup. I shrieked with laughter. <laughs> He's a little baby boy. He gets bullied a lot, gets called up. Just... Boy, a big week for the hard F slur, because, boy, this movie's got a lot of a lot of things to say about homosexuality and repressing it and taking it out on others. Really woke movie. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I'm embarrassed to say that the bullies, you know, just really laying it in. Jesse Eisenberg leaves, and the bully yells after him, I think your dog is gay, too. And I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you, <laughs> laughed really hard. <laughs> <clears throat> So then we go meet Jesse Eisenberg's sister, Christina Ricci, and her boyfriend, slightly older Dawson's Creek's Joshua Jackson, back again for another hard-hitting horror performance. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Christina Ricci's giving Jesse Eisenberg and his dog a ride home and just really laying into it for being a virgin with no friends. And now she has to take him home because he can't call anyone. Just really laying it in thick. And then she hits something in the road and crashes into Shannon Elizabeth and flips her car. The following exchange occurs. I, Shannon Elizabeth says, I hope you have insurance. To which Jesse responds, Oh, we hit an animal. To which she responds, It wasn't a dog, was it? And then a giant werewolf head comes through that car, rips her out, and she's never seen again. <laughs> Cut to the crime scene being investigated by a sweet, sweet, young, fresh-faced 2003 Ron Swanson. Yes. It is yep. uncomfortable. I do not care for it. <laughs> this is his one scene in the movie where he goes, yeah, this is pretty weird. We haven't seen mountain lions up here in a while. Goodbye, movie. And he's just gone. 
some searches about wolves in L.A. on a 2003 fucking Alta Vista looking thing. Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> wakes up in the bushes, completely nude. Walker Cena Ricci has nightmares about werewolves. Are they visions? Who's to say? This movie got re-edited 18 times. We'll never know. We get quick cuts in that dream that have some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. And then we enter Judy Greer. Because, <laughs> sure. And uh, in case you wanted to know what, like, who wrote this movie, like, you know, Kevin Williamson is really good at that snappy dialogue, you know, kind of like Joss Whedon. Uh, Judy Greer is called, and I quote, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Got her. So this is the point of the movie where I realize that Christina Ricci, she works for a TV show. She works for everyone's favorite late night host, Craig Kilborn. <laughs> who, by the time this movie got out of development hell and came out, was no longer hosting his own show. We have a werewolf attack with terrible CGI that is shot in broad daylight, despite the fact that it, you know, it has to be a full moon. So they go into a well-lit parking garage where you can see just how shitty it looks. A+. Plus. Super good. A Scott Bayo cameo, because why not? It's... <laughs> Really good. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> Fucking Lance Bass has a cameo in this movie for some reason. To, to which he goes to a red carpet and he goes, Hey, these are all my plus ones. And then a bunch of women get out of a limo. Yeah, go fuck yourself movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris, you like wrestling, right? Yeah. There's an elaborate sequence where Jesse Eisenberg... High school wrestler what? is using his newfound werewolf powers to do what I can only describe as a hurricane rana. <laughs> and then there's a lot more gay jokes. What? First of all. It's good. So. His dog turns into a giant CGI were dog. But stay with me. So Jesse Eisenberg, he's cursed to be a werewolf. As you do. Mm-hmm. The dog that bit him is like this half-dog, half-wolf thing. But also his sister, Christina Ricci. But also her boyfriend, Joshua Jackson. So we have too many werewolves. So Joshua Jackson comes in the frame and is like, Yes, it's fucked up. I am actually a werewolf. But I'm not the one that attacked y'all. So there's three werewolves, a were-dog. But we still don't know Patient Zero. Enter Judy Greer, the snotty assistant, to go, Hello, I was infected by Joshua Jackson when he fucked me on a one-night stand, and now I'm getting revenge by being a giant wolf monster and eating all the women he's trying to fuck. <laughs> That's your villain, folks. She's using the power gained from the mark of the beast to murder Shannon Elizabeth and various pop stars from 2003. She says out loud in front of God, if she can't have the third build actor from Dawson's Creek, no one can. And then she turns into a giant wolf, and there's a big shitty CGI fight. This movie is five stars. Soundtrack featuring Bowling for Soup, Collective Soul, Three Days Grace, Alkaline Trio, Junkie XL, and of course, Dashboard Confessional. Five stars, it's on Hulu. Enjoy your fucking week. 
It's so, so good. So good. <laughs> Every time that I read anything about this movie, I find out about new people that were in this and filmed scenes for it, and then were just completely removed it's in so a reshoot. Fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> they took the time to be like let's get Craig Kilborn on screen for a cameo that'll be funny like, who the fuck cares about Craig Kilborn and then by the time this piece of shit comes out he's just like is he even alive anymore I don't know why is Scott Bayo in two different scenes you tell me Scott Bayo. god damn it Scott Bayo's mad because he got bumped for Carrot Top that's fun <laughs> 2003 baby we can do no wrong Turns out when you make Scream, they'll just give you blank checks until you literally die. Yeah. Movies were a mistake. Except for the movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to, do they? <laughs> really <laughs> That's don't. That's a good summary of the movie. Moving on to the game of games. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so the Wraith is... <laughs> There is no mystery about who the Wraith is or what the Wraith is because the way it starts off with just a spirit in the desert at the crossroads. It's, this movie opening like fucking Predator with something falling from space. Oh yeah. Now, you talked to us about this. I had forgotten everything except racing and Charlie Sheen. Yeah. So imagine my shock when I pause it and I'm like, is there another movie called The Wraith? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's not just Charlie Sheen. It also has Sherilyn Fenn. Or what the movie claims is Sherilyn Fenn. I don't believe it. I just, I, I can't buy it. Because that's not Sherilyn Fenn. She doesn't have the hair. She doesn't have the mole. Even her voice is different. That's not actually Sherilyn Fenn. So the movie's lying to me. First off, strike one. Welcome to the movie. She probably just wanted to get credit for this incredible film she was. Yeah. <laughs> She's stealing Wraith Valor. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you guys how happy I was when I hit play and then my screen just immediately boxed into like a shitty 4-3 aspect ratio. <laughs> <laughs> the copied streaming that I watched off Hulu, which I pay for in HD... Looks like someone taped it off TBS three decades ago, and <laughs> that I is correct. would not have it any other way. Really, I, I was able to get an HD copy of it, so that is a mistake. Yeah, I should have watched it the original way, the uh, incorrect way to watch that movie. It's <laughs> so seeing the credits come in because I, I went into this sort of blind again. Alex had mentioned it, but I had forgotten a little bit. Of it. it was like, okay, I, I don't want to look up the trivia before like I normally do. I don't want to like convince myself how this movie's going to be. I just see it. It starts right off with Charlie Sheen. I'm like, okay, I found the right one. And and Sherilyn Fenn called the National Guard and Nick Cassatreats. So uh, the movie uh, begins with a night race between some guy and his girlfriend and our main villain. Parker, can you describe this main villain of us? (laughs) The main one or his crew? Both. (laughs) Let's start with just our good friend, Packard Walsh. (laughs) Packard Walsh. Uh, you know that thing in the late 1980s where there were like a bunch of space cops flying in from the future, but there were also greasers? That thing we all remember? <laughs> the crew of like 80s scum punks, but also their leader, fucking the driver of Grease Lightning. Okay, so again, it's just this group of... Now, Alex, you will be shocked and appalled to realize that this movie took some influence from Mad Max and The Road Warrior. 
Uh, what? what? <laughs> Don't say. Now, yet another movie that's ripping off Mad now, Max. Now, which uh, now which of these uh, groups of uh, war boys would win? The group in this movie or the turd balls from Never Too Young to Die? The turd balls have numbers. <laughs> well, c- cons- considering considering two of these guys, Skank and Gutterboy, <laughs> literally drink motor oil in multiple scenes. Welcome I to feel Real like they might have the intestinal fortitude <laughs> to stand up to those. Two I don't know. Balls. Lord Humongous over there probably has the edge. That guy is welcome enormous. to Real Deal No Sex Appeal. I'm Skank. With me as always is Gutter Boy. <laughs> Besides, you have to realize those, those those turd balls. While they were very passionate, they didn't have a genius like Rughead behind them. <laughs> when I read that name in the credits, I said, "What the fuck?" And then I looked over and saw Clinton Howard. And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> that's not okay still not okay that's the thing is i've actually read stories like this uh before there, there's a lot of stories like this actually from like even the 1950s uh because greasers would actually uh have death races like this before you, you see these in a lot of uh some of the old mst3k movies just be like oh i gotta win this race for my girl i think the, this movie was just like the me. idea was even in the movie grease so i'd seen stuff like this before but the way it's filmed at night it even gives it like a sort of a science uh science fiction sort of uh, twist i really thought that one of those characters was going to pull out a laser gun they do not Dude, everything is in play. Because, like, they just pull this couple over. They're just on this drive home. They get pulled over by this gang of greasers, and they go, all right, so we're going to race, and the winner takes the loser's car. And everyone's just okay with it. Like, it's like, well, what if I don't want to? It's like, oh, then we're going to rape and kill your girlfriend. Okay, sure. Honey, we're going to race for pigs. Get your fucking hands off me. (laughs) How many times does he pull out a switchblade in this movie? Too many times. Boy, switchblades aren't really that cool. That's what we should pivot that. That should be a thing on the show where every time I counterpoint, not enough times. Every time I talk about a directed DVD horror movie, he just pull out a switchblade and go, "You're my boy, right?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, what a good movie. <laughs> also, Clint Howard has My the adults. fucking hair from a racer head. It's so, so cool. So anyway, that it is unbelievable. It's clearly weird. a choice. Like, yeah, that wasn't because yeah, it's script. like there's no like, way you see you see that, and it's like, oh wow, it's crazy that they made him look like that in this one scene, and then the rest of the movie happens, <laughs> and he looks the same the whole. It time. is voice like, like that what too. The fuck? Is that Clint Howard's? Like, that's a weird opening. Not expecting to see him again. <laughs> Yeah. There was, oh, oh yeah. That was an egg on my face. Going to get killed by the wraith? No, no, no. This movie that that is the entire movie is that gang getting killed by the wraith. So the next scene, our our hero Charlie Sheen rides in on a motorcycle, and allegedly Cheryl Sherlyn Fenn says, "Yeah, he just showed up out of nowhere. I just turned my head, and he was there. I saw him ride in like a normal human being. So what the fuck? <laughs> His little dirt bike." <laughs> me, 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 me. Hello. No, I'm your hero. Hello, it's me, <laughs> Charlie Sheen. No, how'd I get here? Our good. Could you point me to the local watering hole, <laughs> which is literally a watering hole? <laughs> yeah. There's all the teenagers in this town just drive to this fucking pond that has rocks around it and lay around it on the they beach. They just towels. like to, the first thing he does when he gets to the town is, I would really like to sunbathe. <laughs> so, this scene is incredible because the transition is she talks to Charlie Sheen for like two seconds and then her boy's speed racer pulls up and just 
demand uh, she gets in the car hands. at knife point. Thank you. <laughs> she like starts threatening her. It's like, who you fucking talk to? I'll do anything. You know, you could fucking die on the back of one of those. Cut to the watering hole and they get out. And he's just like, and another thing. If you're not my girl, you're not anybody's. So this whole drive, he's just been threatening to murder her at knife point. That she better not kiss another boy on the mouth. Uh, we would be remiss to mention if uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that the first racing scene, the one we talked yeah. about, the titular scene of this movie, has an Ozzy song just loudly playing. <laughs> they paid for Ozzy Osbourne in the eighties for this. Could not believe they this paid soundtrack for a lot of songs, which we will movie. get to. Uh, and they are just loudly playing over the whole movie. <laughs> I was expecting it just garage butt rock. Just someone, hey, uh, play that docking track backwards. No one's going to know. But they fucking paid for 1986 Ozzy Osbourne. I, I think this is the scene. Did not make good on that return, I don't think. I'm pretty sure this is the scene. So uh, Charlie Sheen beats them to the watering hole. And Nick Cassatreets uh, gets out of there with uh, his girlfriend, allegedly Sherilyn Fenn. And he turns off the radio, which before was playing the Motley Crue cover of Smoking in the Boys' Room. <laughs> it sure the was. song I forgot existed. Because <laughs> that was a point where I had to pause Crash Team Race, and I looked at it and was like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> so, now, I actually, I want to talk about Packard Walsh, our good pal Packard. Uh, he is... Uh, in this movie, I think he's approximately 45 years old, and I think they have... It is impossible to tell how old he's supposed he's, to be. He's 45 years old, playing it like he's 35 years old, and he's like the kid who just graduated, or should have graduated from high school like two years ago, but then and now he's like the town bully, or something like that. Now, when you have that much power in this sort of story... Usually, you can get any sort of trashy girl in the neighborhood, but he decides he really wants Sherilyn Fenn... He can't even fuck her. Apparently, they've never, according to her, they've never even made love. So, really, dude, you're holding out hope that you're just going to convince her that you're the real man here. Just find one of the find poison from uh, from Streets of Rage. <laughs> Something about her phrasing it. We've never even made love. Made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this man just had a knife to your throat. Like we've never even consummated. <laughs> we have never made the beast with two backs in the backseat of your car. <laughs> anyway I, I just think it's so weird and again he is playing that sort of like high school dropout sort of stereotype you know the guy from breakfast club or something but again he's like 45 in this yeah you could have convinced like like when i started watching this movie i just assumed as you would do in movies like this that they're all in high yeah. school and then you realize that wait that doesn't make any sense they have like a secret warehouse where they work on cars and they street race people to death all night like Wait a second. Did this movie take questions. place in the fifties secretly? They're just driving eighties cars in it. Dude, That's on I the table. I, I, I mean, well, our next scene is like Exhibit A for that. When we cut to the local burger joint, <laughs> where all of the waitresses ride around on roller skates to bring people their food. While addicted to love, please. <laughs> Wait, I would give movie, anything to eat at this burger maybe place. Maybe this dude. movie was written in the fifties and then filmed in the eighties. This is the new <laughs> longest development hell. I just want to, before we get to the Brontosaurus Burger Joint, I want to talk about the watering hole again, because please, oh, we <laughs> yes. have to talk about the flashback. To, not just the flashback, <laughs> even before that. So, our hero, Jake Kesey, 
is uh, I'm not saying that uh, fucking Charlie name. Sheen is laying on his on his towel, and our a mystery character sits out next to him, just like, oh yeah, he's the local bully. He runs the entire town, sort of thing. And uh, my brother died, and this character just doesn't seem at all like interested in the fact that his brother died. He just doesn't seem to care. <laughs> There's like hey, he must be new in town. Face. Sunbathing by yourself, huh? Yeah, I can't sit over there. My brother died. Abrupt cut to this neon red Hellraiser room where this man is just being <laughs> sliced apart by knives. And then just cut back to Charlie Sheen later, like... Who responds with, yeah. fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and then they decide that they will float on their inflatable beds down this river, which I thought had, like, a, a waterfall at some point, but they don't. They, uh... And then no. Nick Cassavetes comes no, in and nothing. starts screaming at his girlfriend. <laughs> My fucking bitch wife was talking to Charlie Sheen again. <laughs> this movie's so fucking cool. So now I legitimately <laughs> like when that flashback happened. I rewound it a good three minutes to be like, did I miss a piece of dialogue? He's just giving exposition like, hey, you was watching at home. These are the bad guys. This is me. I'm kind of a loser. I flip burgers. Oh, God. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> well, anyways, let's go down to the local burger shack. So is, is this the flashback where they also push the car off the cliff? Because the flashbacks kind I of blur together. I think so. I think we'll get me. to that in a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Just I wanted to make sure we touched it, on the, that. The best way to put it is that it's closer to the truth that, to say that you can't get enough, but you have to face it. You're addicted to love. <laughs> You're going to have to face it, guys. <laughs> I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> that I God, can you imagine going to that? Like... That's the thing, is like in the 70s, I think, is when they really started, or maybe it was the 80s, I don't know, I didn't live during that period. That's when they started like that whole 50s nostalgia thing. I don't quite know why. I don't understand why people have all this nostalgia for the 50s. I guess they miss the racism. I just assume it is entirely Happy Days. Yeah, and I, I think it is Happy Days' fault. <laughs> <coughs> but this is one of the things where it's like, yes, bring this back. I want a girl on roller skates to bring me a steak. <laughs> just put a giant rack of ribs on my car so it turns over <laughs> Dino <laughs> like I don't even like Sonic's food that much but the fact that I can go up and hit a button and then someone will just bring me a giant chili dog it really does a lot for me I'll be honest mm-hmm. it does help yeah. I'm a man who loves gimmicks you know this about I just me like chili dogs. skip <laughs> <laughs> very passionate about gimmicks in all forms this, Absolutely. this food's overpriced uh, if you, you could just eat in your car. What? <laughs> They'll bring me tater tots? Holy fuck. <laughs> so, I, I kind of like the idea that the local teens have their hangout, daddy-o. Can you dig it? Uh, but what what is the impetus that, that makes Nick Cassavetes so mad in this scene? Uh, I think... Oh, so, okay. So, the, the guy, the guy from... The exposition guy from the yeah. watering hole. He's the burger flipper at this yeah. restaurant. He's also the murdered guy's brother, as we've established. He goes up to Sherilyn Fenn and is like, hey, you don't have a ride home. Do you need one? And she's like, yeah, sure. You can drive me home. That's fine. Because clearly we know each other because I was dating your brother. And then (laughs) fucking Packard Walsh rolls in and goes, what the fuck are you doing with my girl? (laughs) Like, dude, I was just giving her a ride home. Get the fuck away from her, you little fucking... They call him the F word at one point. 
Uh, and yeah, yeah big week. Know, that's why I stopped yeah. myself. <laughs> big week for that word. Yeah. So this is a scene where he, he decides that he will uh, challenge this guy to a race. You know, the same sort of thing. Oh no, he'll lose his car. <laughs> Who could possibly care? Yeah, his car it looks like it was put together with like four hundred dollars. <laughs> it looks worse than the car at the beginning of Fate of the Furious. It lo- oh, it man. looks like a VW Beetle from the '60s that somebody sawed the top <laughs> off, and then just let rust in a junkyard. Yeah, now we're gonna take your car. Oh no! Wait, why didn't just like volunteer? Just give him the car. I was like, what am I gonna do? I yeah yeah like it's <laughs> all yours, dude. <laughs> this is this is the point where we realize that the street racing gang is actually evil and not just chasing nice cars like the car in the yeah. first scene. Because if they're gonna race for this dickhead's car, like. Uh, <laughs> they, they just—they clearly just love taking. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But then, a mystery stranger shows up. Oh uh, <laughs> who is our who's our good friend here, Parker? Oh wait, we can't we can't spoil the incredible ending. We'll mark this with spoilers for who. Oh could no, it be. yeah, no. Uh, but this is actually a really interesting looking car. I look at this like, what is this thing? It's got tinted windows and everything. And immediately they're like, okay, let's just steal that car. So uh, they go to the race, and Clint Howard does his shtick again <laughs> with a red <laughs> handkerchief. Doing a the lot. The fact that instead of like a girl in a bikini throwing it's down just a Clint car, Howard just Clint with Howard. his head hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a choice, and I appreciate it. <laughs> now, hey, we're going to race wars. Now, instead of having Packard Walsh race this individual, they have one of his lackeys, Augie. And he's given yeah. some some sage advice before the uh, race starts. You gotta do it to him, Augie style. <laughs> I, I so I love this scene where we where we really get to meet all of the fucking gang because you know you've got Packard Walsh, you've got Skag and Gutter Boy who are just these you know <laughs> like junky fucking war boys. You've got Rughead in his hair. You've got Augie making bad jokes. Not long for this world. And then you've got that other nameless guy wearing a Letterman jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here. I've seen this movie well. like four or five times. I could not tell you what that guy's yeah. name is. I have no so, idea. Here's the thing about the movie: is this really emphasizes and really drives on the point that if you don't like cars racing back and forth with each other, you should probably watch a different movie because there's going to be a lot of that in this. Here's the thing: so I'm not huge on car chases, but I'm quite big on cars exploding. <sighs> so so imagine. Enough. My surprise when I realized, like, this is not a car chase movie. This is a car chases bullies and murders bullies with car. <laughs> Alien cyborg car murders them. Alien like cyborg ghost kid. car. Uh, he has in the race. He it has, is, it's going so fast that it turns in front of him and just blocks the intersection. So Augie yeah, G- we need to describe how he so, wins this race because it's like it's like two minutes of like standard street race. That's actually shot it really is, well. Yeah. Like. Um, and then, out of nowhere, the ghost car just shoots way ahead, like, out of the frame. He goes, huh? <laughs> Starts trying to chase along. Comes around a corner. Ghost car is sitting parked sideways in the road. And then he tingles I... the shit out of oh it. God. But, oh, no. Turns out it was made of adamantium. And Augie's car Turns explodes. It's a ghost car. His car explodes. To be clear, it doesn't just explode. It rolls off a cliff, gets like halfway down, and then just blows <laughs> up. I. So, like I said, I didn't remember. I just remembered there were cars and Charlie Sheen. When he turns that corner and explodes, 
I Rich Evans laughed in my house so fucking loudly. I thought I was gonna pass out. I'm like, all right, street race. These don't really do anything for me. It's, I mean, it looks all right, but these, I just, I'm not a huge street race. Oh my god! Just he fucking murders this high schooler so violently. That man is turned to dust. This is where I turned off the, the PS4 because like, okay, we, we gotta focus on this. Yeah, now we're in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> My god, this literal space ghost just used his space car to incinerate this 15-year-old who is on the case. Old Deputy Sheriff Randy Quaid. <laughs> When I die, please let him deliver my eulogy. <laughs> Here lies Parker. There was enough of him left to fill a cigar box. And then he'll just leave, and that's it. That's the whole surface. And then 30 seconds later, they wheel a fully intact body out. <laughs> yeah, it's just missing his eyes. Like, what? Am I fucking watching Jeepers Creepers? Like, what is this? He just told me he was ashes, and now he's just Wait, Parker, fine. Now he can't. now he can't pay the ferryman to take him across the river sticks to the underworld, because he can't see... <laughs> I bet if you ask the writers, like, actually, you know, it's deeply tied to mythology. It's a ghost car. Don't... <laughs> it's a Daft Punk ghost car. Go fuck yourself. I, I think one of my favorite things about it is that um, this is seen with two things here. Uh, first of all, Packard Walsh does not care that one of his lackeys is dead. He has absolutely... No one gives whatever Sheriff shit. Randy Quaid. Can we have some more free food and skateboards? <laughs> the other part is Sherilyn Fenn is crying over this guy, which... Okay, the only person who would ever cry over the death of Augie. Keep in mind, we see no emotional reaction from her whatsoever to the brutal murder of her boyfriend while yeah. they're fucking. Uh, now, here's the other thing. <laughs> I wrote down two notes for this movie. So if I get confused on some of the details, I'm, I'm sure you guys will help me out. But the two notes I wrote down are one, I wrote about uh, Clint Howard's eraser head hair. The other one is Parker. In this scene, after Augie gets murked, did you see what the Wraith was wearing? He was dressed like Goldar. <laughs> he is a fucking Mad Max Power Ranger. Yeah. He is the cop Power Ranger from Turbo, but all black. It is so cool. Uh, next week's episode He's is Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Dude, I am a million... You do not remember how bad that fucking movie is. I, I am in. You say that, I remember that fucking puppet. Oh, God, it only takes oh, two, Alex, that, to news. That puppet is one of... You think I'd say no to this? I would You're funny. a million percent Alex, watch Alex is going to be so sick. Sorry about your recovery being delayed. <laughs> He's gonna go Boy, sounds like here a mean system. He's just hanging out with Sam Darnold this week, and I guess I can't record for six weeks now. Damn, man, sounds like here a mean system. He's to shift into turbo with the rest of the game. <laughs> Parker's gonna bring out all his toys. Okay, so uh, uh, so actually, uh, if you look at this collection figures, here. Christopher. So uh, Alex, this is the scene where he goes into their shop. This is very reminiscent of Christine. He goes into their Dude, shop this... with a shotgun. No, 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 no. The reveal shot, that fucking barn door swings open, and he's standing there in that blue light like fucking Jason Voorhees <laughs> in that damn fuck mask. I screamed. It's not just a shotgun, and this is a cyberpunk shotgun. It is a cyberpunk shotgun, and the only character that seems to know what's up at this point is brain genius Rughead. Because the light flashes a certain way, and you're supposed to be able to tell in a split second... That the Wraith is actually the murdered guy. But you can't see There was no see way I, I, I was... I, okay, I missed it completely. I've got a chickpea-sized brain. I guess I missed it. 
He tells I paused it. You can't see it. He tells Freddy Quillier, he's like, no, man, I I saw his eyes. I'm like, no, you didn't. Through fucking what? (laughs) What are you talking about? So, uh, Nick Cassavetes warns him, hey, don't shoot that shotgun in here. We got a bunch of chemicals. And he just decides to do it anyway after seeing the flashback (laughs) where he gets uh, ripped out of his girlfriend. Uh, then killed. Oh, you hate to see it. And stabbed in the back, literally, and then shoved in a trunk, and then the, they shoved the car off a cliff. Oh, off a cliff. <laughs> the note I wrote for this scene was Johnny Tran and his gang at the car dealership from Fast and Furious, where they just pump oil on that old dude's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> What if instead of Vin Diesel, it was just the Wraith murdering Johnny Tran? <laughs> Better movie. Oh, so does the this Wraith does this movie need the, the supernatural element? Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, I... let me be clear. One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> just these guys sit in an auto body shop, like, yeah, you know, we're really gonna miss Augie and the all this, and then. The specter of death just kicks open the doors with a ghost shotgun. <laughs> anyway, so the Turbo Avenger decides to just use that shotgun on all of their valuable equipment. To which, again, Packard Walsh, cool as a cucumber, just doesn't even have any sort of meaningful reaction to him shooting all these engines and uh, fenders and um I, I gotta say, it is a power Spirals. move for the Wraith to show up and blow up all their cars with his future ghost shotgun when his one trick is racing people to death. <laughs> not, not the best plan, but it's new at this. Hey, man, ghosts gotta make do with what they have, now, you know? I really really appreciate that this movie doesn't seem to know if it wants to be rated R or not. Oh, yeah. and I Because there's, like, so much fake swearing, and then someone will just get brutally murdered. Like, there's so many fake combination words, like, fucking Randy Quaid calls someone a crater head. Like, that's not a real thing, and then someone just calls someone the F word. You gotta pick one. Like, there's, like, for most of the time I'm watching this movie, aside from the extremely brutal violence, I'm like, this could plausibly be PG, since people did not care about yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, an hour ten, there's just tits. Yeah, the most... <laughs> Like, there's like, hey, sitting around digging for nose candy, drinking dog water, crater head, and then there's just titties. It's like, you have to fucking flip a coin or something. Yeah. It's water. Every Randy Quaid scene has him just talking like a Redditor that combines swear words. <laughs> Listen up, fuck pickle. You fucking kids are going to go back to the hog. And then there's just tits. It's tits and brutal murder. It's so cool. So what happens next to this? This is where I sort of lost track of what happens. <laughs> uh, well, this, there's an elaborate scene. There's another race, despite him mur- murdering all their cars. This is this is the race against Varsity Jacket oh. guy. Oh, re- so, rest in power. Yeah. Who falls for literally the exact same trick that Augie did. <laughs> it is almost a shot-for-shot recreation of the first kill. So... That happens. Is this the scene where he's like, well, my work here's done, and then just drives off into the horizon and disappears like the Dragon Balls? Because that was, no, that no, was no, the no, no, eighth no. time I scream laughed at my TV. <laughs> that was... Uh, well, I, he does drive off at the end of the race. Obviously, he yes. returns. But, um, yeah, he, like... So, this is the first time that we really see, like, 
his car like explode along with the other car and then reappear oh, like so the pieces cool. just come back together which is certainly a choice it's bear a good in mind one. this whole time there has been 80 song after 80 song just blaring over well known 80 songs I do not for the most part, too. <laughs> yeah there's like four songs you know that are in this and the rest is just like i know this is from the 80s i've never heard this before but and it sounds right. so 80s Oh my god, it's the most 80s experience you can possibly yes. imagine. <laughs> is this the, uh... At some point, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like skipping around now. Do we want to get to the hot spring scene? Because there's like 80 scenes of like, race, go back to Mondo Burger. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with my lady? Race, go back to Mondo Burger. This happens like four times. So, at some point, Charlie Sheen decides that he will make love to Sherilyn Fenn. Who doesn't want to do that? In a hot Charlie Sheen, who disappears for almost a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a Charlie Sheen is. Rolls up in his dirt bike, like, oh, movie. I'm back. Yeah. Despite being lead build in this movie, is in maybe four scenes as Charlie Sheen. Do you think that was the real Charlie Sheen as the Wraith? Oh my god, if he was in that suit, I'd be so fucking happy. <laughs> god, I hope so. Oh god, spoilers. I mean, clearly no. I mean, absolutely also. not, but could you imagine? <laughs> Alright, I got three days to shoot this. Alright, you're gonna put this on. I'm gonna what now? Yeah, you're gonna All put right, that so, on. Yeah, this, this, is the part, this is the part of the movie where uh, they bone in the hot spring and Randy Quaid drives around for 20 minutes doing detective work. <laughs> which is, of course... Him visiting the him visiting the fucking crew after uh God, I don't even know what the other guy's name Skank is. Skank and Gutter Boy? Var No, varsity jacket guy. The other guy Minty? that dies. Like he goes to investigate <laughs> because again. His name was Minty. And, like, we'll sure. That. He could be Minty, yeah. I'm fine with that. Um So yeah, this is uh this is Randy Quaid going to the aircraft boneyard <laughs> question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everybody. Which is just like you can tell that Skank and Gutterboy are supposed to be comic relief characters, but they wrote them too dumb to actually be funny. <laughs> like they're in an aircraft boneyard, and one of them's walking around with a giant stamp that says "Good to Fly" and stamping it on broken down planes. <laughs> like it's just like it's clearly supposed to be a joke. It's just so unfunny that it's kind of funny again. Like they're uh, giving we get, we get... it's just. <laughs> Drinking motor oil and being yeah. too stupid to function. <laughs> ah, yes, I am an idiot. Please pass me that WD-40 at the boneyard for me to drink in front of there this was a motor oil, Just by admit the way. you was, murdered him, scum sucker. drinks brake fluid. He just goes, ah, I'm tweaking, sure. dude. Who's <laughs> <laughs> amongst us? There's so many lines from Skank and Gutter Boy that are just solid gold. There's... A wraith, man, a ghost, an evil spirit, and it ain't cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's obviously... The nerve to tell me that anyone in that crew knows what a wraith is. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, like, there is obviously that fucking line about, like, they, they do quote the thing. I don't know what it is, but he's weird and he's pissed off, which I kind of like. Uh, but I, I think I really like the line. It's just like, oh, he's here. I can smell him. Or, oh, no, I smell a cop, right? Oh, I smell a, I smell a cop. Buddy, the only thing I can smell is French fries, and that ain't normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the most like fucking fifty sitcom ass jokes from these two fucking. Skank calls someone a cockstacker. 
What is that? <laughs> it's just a fucking dumber bulk and skull. It's so cool. <laughs> Sick, our new ending music. <laughs> That's our line when we watch so the Power Rangers movie. I do. I am so fucking in. Uh, I, I only have one other suggestion. I hope we don't have to do Turbo a Power Rangers movie. Okay, actually, no, that's doable. So the it's very so doable. these guys these guys get shook down by Sheriff Randy Quaid, who then goes to eat burgers. <laughs> they then report back to Packard Walsh. Who's like, all right, I'm fucking done with this Wraith guy, who Packard Walsh has apparently figured out is Charlie Sheen. Or these are completely unrelated fits of rage. It's not clear. Like, you gotta fucking deal with this Charlie Sheen guy. The movie doesn't like, make it clear who is who for a long that's time. Because as the audience you're watching, like, okay, Charlie Sheen's definitely one of them. But he couldn't be. But He can't be a, a ghost driver, but also reincarnated, right? Like, there's no possible way. So clearly the movie's not telling me something. And then the movie keeps going. So. <laughs> About that. So Packard Walsh yells at Skank and Gutter Boy to track down this Jake Kesey character. Let's, we're not For yeah, reasons. <laughs> Fair. So they see him. There's a night chase where they chase him around on his dirt bike. And then, God, what happens to their car? Fuck, just, somebody like to just remind shoot me? shoot out the, like, the brakes or something? <laughs> something violent and gruesome. And uh, they, they get nervous because they're like, oh, we can't tell that uh, we, we uh, chased him down and he got away. Not because he got away, but because his girlfriend was on the backseat. We were shooting at her with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then Packard shows up. They're still running, like or like at this point, like Packard shows up, sees that Skank and Gutterboy have destroyed their car somehow. <laughs> they go, I don't know, man, we haven't seen him. So Packard takes matters into his own hands, starts chasing the wraith around, and crashes into his own gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking reveal of him just standing in his Power Rangers outfit next to a grave in the middle of the night. You know what? This movie is fucking incredible. Like, it's I thought this so was going to be one thing, and it's very clearly Ooh, not. Parker, do you think after this movie was over, he went back to join the rest of those uh, the crazy evil Jesus freaks on drugs from Mandy? <laughs> Thank you. God, I, I had a lot of Mandy flashbacks yeah. in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of blues and reds in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a lot of subtlety, but I wouldn't have this movie any other way. <laughs> This, this movie okay so shall we get to the climax where he just leaves a gigantic note in uh packard walsh's car telling him meet me here for the race yeah no this is this is the starts while randy queen's at the burger restaurant he's doing burger recon which is just him with his window rolled down watching them in their car you know what it all bets are off next time i see him he's fucking dead and he just gets a note Hey, I'm gonna be here. Come get, come get me. Like, oh, this just is, fucking roll out, boys. You know, race, I'll show you. This is race. after the, this is after the completely plot unnecessary sex scene that is interrupted by Sheriff Randy Quaid just showing up at the garage. Just showing up in that man's house. So he's like, "What? You can't be here?" He's like, "Yes, yeah, save it for downtown, buddy." It's, this woman's just like, so. Do I? Here's finish? your shirt, lady. Oh, thank you. Next scene. 
<laughs> that is the scene transition. Here is your check. Word. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god! I think we skipped the scene. Oh, when we the we fucking did. we did. We I did. have to say, when Charlie Go Sheen ahead. drives off on his dirt bike. <laughs> And Charlie Sheen on the dirt bike disappears into the sky, and you realize, like, come on, movie, you can't fucking tell me. He just blasts you off can't like show fucking me. Blades of Glory. So here's the thing about jumping right to the climax where he races Packard. It skips over an absolutely integral scene that takes place at the warehouse with Skank, Gutterboy, and Rughead. <laughs> oh my Explain. god! Oh man. So Rughead is like, man, this is fucked up. Like, like this, uh, there's some shit going on. And Skank and Gutterboy are like, yeah, you're probably right, but we're fucking too stupid to know it. Rughead walks outside, <laughs> and Charlie Sheen in his ghost car drives through the garage and I blows it up. This. He is going like a hundred miles an hour past him, hits the garage, like, and the entire street is just a fucking mushroom cloud. <laughs> it is the biggest explosion I've ever seen. It's so powerful. He, he drives up outside, stops, accelerates, and he goes like 0 to 60 in half a second. It just hits their garage going full speed and blows it up. No exaggeration. Because it's like 3 seconds. Like he, he sees the car, the car zooms by like it's the fucking monster sped up, and then it explodes. And all you hear in my room is, because ah! that's all my body could muster. I was fucking dying. <laughs> wow, that that is a scene that will live with me for the rest of my life. How did the barn blow up? It's because of the ghost car. The ghost, the ghost car, car drove into it so fast that it exploded, <laughs> and then just reappeared. Okay, <laughs> okay time for the uh, time for the climax. Hold on, hold on. We've got one more right. scene, which is Sheriff Randy Quaid showing up at the barn to interrogate Rughead. And Rughead going like, oh, no, no, that's definitely that guy we murdered. I mean, I didn't murder him, like, but I'm just going to rat everybody out now because I don't want to get killed by the yeah. ghost man. <laughs> I love and how Randy, it, takes, just like <laughs> it takes an hour for him to be like, well, clearly that's a vengeful ghost. And I wasn't there, so I'm going to leave. You, Yes, you heard me right, ghost. The uh, ghost <laughs> killed them. Uh-huh, their eyes are missing. I don't know why. Goodbye, movie. It's been real. I have to leave now. And Randy Quaid's just like, huh, okay. The Props to Randy Quaid for being the least realistic cop ever. For not hey. brutalizing anybody and also believing the truth. <laughs> Ghost car, huh? I don't know if that's in my jurisdiction, but I guess I'll get some state troopers on it. Randy Quaid is extremely credulous throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Good to see that's carried on in 2019. <laughs> anyway, so... So now, Chris, The explosive climax. climax, to which I also climax. I'll say. Packard Walsh just demanding a race. Packard Walsh, an owner of the America's team. Because <laughs> he's been passing this off for his lackeys for the longest time for the race. Just... I mean, you, you heard Coach McGurk. You have to think about that song. Huh, 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 and I'll race. <laughs> to feel the wind in my face. And I'll race. I guess I found our cold open. <laughs> but unfortunately, you cannot stand against the futuristic cyberpunk ghost spirit. <laughs> like, this car and this design, like, this all had to be, like, 
this had to be a failed pilot somewhere, so I was like, hey guys, check this shit out. Look at what we have here. Let's make a movie Look about this. this nice car that Plymouth made for us. It's... I'm not a car person. I would do many unlawful things to drive that around and then die because the windows are tinted black. <laughs> it is a beautiful car, I will admit that. Uh, it is the most 80s... Well, this is what a car from space it would look like. Thing I've ever seen, and I desperately want to be behind the wheel. I, I, if it, it is, it is absolutely number two in my list of fictional cars that I want to drive. Parker, would you like to guess what number one is? Oh man, this could be so many things. Give me a hint. It's in the best Fast and the Furious movie. I knew it. I knew it was a Fast and Furious. Oh, it's car. the whole. It's I the knew whole it was car, the whole right? car. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, of course it's the whole car. You know what I have to admit? I Man. think my. Put that song in this movie. I think. I think... Yes. <laughs> the elevator opens. You just see him standing by that dude's grave. <laughs> What's DK stand for? <laughs> I, I think uh, my number one fictional car that I want to drive would still be the Interceptor from the Mad Max series. I would totally enjoy driving that sort of thing i don't know if i have a number two nah, besides whole, this one car. i guess any other fictional cars that come to mind let's let's uh let's take a, a journey through this best fictional cars in movies i might watch tokyo drift this week well the first one that comes up is as as lightning mcqueen so <laughs> cool You'd love to yeah. see it. Oh, and Dracula. Dracula was a car. <laughs> okay, well, that's my number two. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but even like James uh, James Bond's Aston Martin, I don't give a shit about, you know? What about the invisible yeah. car, Chris? <laughs> Future episode. <laughs> I mean, we're all just like, oh, wait, the Batmobile. Okay, that's up there. But like, we're all just forgetting about the, the Green Goblin truck from Maximum Overdrive. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, my top three have been filled out. <laughs> Imagine showing up to work with that fucking thing. Oh, my Let God. Let me be clear. I am forgetting about nothing when I put the whole car number <laughs> Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> what I'm that, this is the fucking coolest design I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just the fact that he has it, this giant car vending machine. Like, hey, check this shit out. <laughs> Welcome to Japan. It's me, your friend Bow Wow. Hey, look at this. <laughs> Would you like to buy my shoes? Also, here's my car. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts about... Oh, wait, we should talk about the ending. We're not... We are yeah, not sorry, done here, buddy. About, I forgot about <laughs> the ending. Because <laughs> this is, I guess, where it's revealed that Charlie Sheen was Charlie Sheen and Charlie Sheen the entire oh, time. It is absolutely revealed at this point. After he street races Packard Walsh to death, and then Randy Quaid comes up, and somebody's like, oh, aren't you going to get that guy? He's like, nope, he fulfilled his goal. He's leaving now. We're all safe. <laughs> Incredible detective work. Absolutely A-plus detective work from Randy Quaid. Nah, the vengeful spirit's at rest. Y'all can go home. <laughs> so he's driving off with that woman. Nah, you don't understand. They're happy now. So the, <laughs> the end of this movie... So Charlie Sheen pulls up to see, uh, to see Sherilyn Fenn. It goes, hey, we're going on a trip now that everything's done. You should pack light, though. But, but first, I have one thing to take care of. So he goes back to the burger restaurant, where Exposition Guy is closing up. He goes, hey, Exposition Guy, here you go. The keys to my future car. I'm leaving now. Bye. And Exposition Guy goes, but wait, man. You got to tell me who you are. You got to tell me who you are, bro. Get it? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Get it? Boy, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so he rides off on his dirt bike. And then Exposition Guy just starts yelling the name of his dead brother into the night. It's so weird, because he's, like, in tears. Yeah. it's That's one way to end the movie. This guy who was a character for a scene and a half just had this tear realization. Oh my god, my brother's alive. Oh, I guess he's gone. Thanks for the car, this I guess. Is, this is also the scene where Charlie Sheen says, Yeah, sorry, this is as close as I could get to the real thing in terms of looks. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean the closest? Oh, credits are rolling. I guess yeah. it's over. <laughs> So they, so him and Sherilyn Fenn ride off into the sunset, which begs the question that I've thought about since I watched this movie again earlier this week. Is she dead now, too? Uh, I, I think by proxy. Is that the implication? I pack light, because we're going to hell, baby. Yeah, pack light, because we're going to go to where ghosts go. Like, <laughs> He is the ghost rider. You can't take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just grab a nice breezy jacket and two gold coins. <laughs> Head now, baby. And then the song that plays over the opening credits plays again. Yes, the ends. which it's like poetry. you had to enjoy it, though. I will I be downloading the soundtrack did. in its entirety. One hundred percent. I will drive around to this soundtrack. Literally I wish my car night. was older so I could get this on like eight track or something. Oh man. Oh, it's beautiful. Is it time for the game of games? It's time for me to tell you that the Hulk car is on display at Universal Studios. Okay. Which one? Which one? Okay, hold please. Oh no. You have to tell me, Florida. That's all it says. Okay, okay, that's fine. Florida is... I, that will be in my near future. I can tell in my own version of San Andreas. I don't think that's true, but I'm going to find out. I'm so sorry I got sidetracked, but I was Googling Hulk that's car. Cool. <laughs> You would do the same. Alright, time for the game of games. We should close out my so Rainforest here... Cafe tabs. <laughs> Makes one of us, buddy. <laughs> so here's the thing about the game of games. Now, I don't have anything elaborate planned this week, but uh, I, we do need to run back the results of last week. See how everyone's team did. So, Chris's teams went 5-3. and three. He got some help from his yes. Bills. The 2-0 and o Buffalo yep, Bills. Drama atop the AFC East. They're a year. Their year got got some help from the refs in that Bears Broncos game, <laughs> I was which I still don't understand. So angry. <laughs> That's fine. Chris is gonna t- Chris is gonna take the week at five and three. Dab on him. Parker and I both went. Parker and I both went four and four Ooh. with our teams. Here I was looking at this Buccaneers win, thinking there's no way I lost this week, and then looking at the rest of my teams and saying, "Oh, that says the Pittsburgh Steelers." So that's an oops. Whoops. But here's the thing. Thanks to Parker's little trick-or-treat at the end of last week, he breaks the 4-4 tiebreaker with his Super Bowl champion Lions, who managed to get a win. Restore the roar, so baby. it's like I'm bringing up the rear this week. Oh, you'd love Chris, you're watching, watching Suburban Squatch, unless you've already seen it. <laughs> I have not seen you are Suburban, seeing Suburban Squatch. Squatch. <laughs> oh, man. That is... Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Is that available? I think that's a... The movie looks like it was made for like a hundred dollars or for thinking of the same one. Because I definitely looked this up. Oh, sorry. Suburban Sasquatch. Oh, was it straight like to a... video? Well, 
Is, it, is that the Red Letter Media thing? Are we thinking about the same thing? It is, but I didn't watch the Red Letter Media video. Go. I just okay. I just saw Sasquatch in it. Let me go ahead and see if I can find this story quick, just in case I need a backup. Okay, because this is like uh, a... I have, um, I have a second. <laughs> Give me a second. So... Oh. Oh. Why don't you pop that my way? I'll, I'll just put it in okay. the... Uh... Yeah. Okay. Just give a second. So I remember they did a whole spotlight on this because it looks like it was made for like thirty dollars, and I'm very into that. <laughs> yeah. Shot on video monster movies. Put them in my veins, please. Yeah, you know that's the thing is like I, I don't feel like uh, Alex would care too much um, if it's in shitty quality because this is a Sasquatch movie. You have to take what you can get. It was either this or the Leica movie. Correct. <laughs> I am very okay with any and all things Squatch. And, in the tradition of the Game of Games Losers Punishment, I must now select from the teams that have oh, not been chosen. So unfair. For this week. And boy, it's a good thing that none of you guys drafted the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> who I will be selecting this week against the New Orleans Saints of New Orleans, America. Oh, man. Well, Teddy Bridgewater and his <laughs> seven-yard curls coming at you. <laughs> Curls get the girls, no. baby. It's going to be a real shame that when one of us is going to be forced to choose the New York Jets, who I believe was told we were going to win eight games this season. Yeah. I don't know who said well, that. Well, this is before oh. Helga got scratched by a monkey. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. You know? All right, so for next week, do we want to do Turbo, a Power Rangers movie? Parker's idea. <laughs> Which I... I you was your no, idea. No, your idea. Uh, actually, I will admit... I think Turbo Power Rangers movie, if I remember correctly, would lead to some pretty good content. Uh, it has, even as a child, some of the worst digital effects I'd ever seen in and, my life. Even as, as like a nine-year-old in that theater. And the other one is, uh, I, I had it as an option last week, we could watch Double Dragon, which does have Robert Patrick. <laughs> would you put it that way? Uh, Boy, I mean, this is a real I'm Sophie's willing. choice. And that's the tea, sis.